The following is a Westminster Seminary, California morning devotion given by Dr. David Vendrunen. For more information about this message or about Westminster Seminary, California, visit us online, wscal.edu, or call 888-480-8474. Online, wscal.edu, or call 888-480-8474. The good news is that I at least have a very interesting text uh, to read uh, for you. It's uh, Genesis 18, verses 16 through 33. Genesis 18, verses 16 through 33. So just the the background here is part of a, a really picking us up in the midst of a larger story. Uh, the Lord, along with two angels, uh, have appeared uh, to Abraham and Sarah in human form. Um, in the earlier part of this story, uh, God has promised that he's going to return in a year. Sarah's going to bear uh, a son, and Sarah laughs and then denies that she has. And then, uh, these, as our story begins, uh, these two angels are going to head off towards Sodom, and we find out what happens with them in the next chapter. We won't be reading that, um, but Abraham remains speaking with the Lord in our uh, text. So begin reading in Genesis 18, verse 16. Then the men set out from there, and they looked down towards Sodom. And Abraham went with them to set them on their way. The Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I am about to do? Seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. For I have chosen him, that he may command his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing righteousness and justice, so that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has promised him. Then the Lord said, Because the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and their sin is very grave, I will go down to see whether they have done altogether according to the outcry that has come to me. And if not, I will know. So the men turned from there and went toward Sodom. But Abraham still stood before the Lord. Then Abraham drew near and said, Will you indeed sweep away the righteous with the wicked? Suppose there are 50 righteous within the city. Will you then sweep away the place and not spare it for the 50 righteous who are in it? Far be it from you to do such a thing, to put the righteous to death with the wicked, so that the righteous fare as the wicked. Far be that from you. Shall not the judge of all the earth do what is just? And the Lord said, If I find at Sodom 50 righteous in the city, I will spare the whole place for their sake. Abraham answered and said, Behold, I have undertaken to speak to the Lord, I who am but dust and ashes. Suppose five of the fifty righteous are lacking. Will you destroy the whole city for lack of five? And he said, I will not destroy it if I find forty-five there. And he spoke to him and said, Suppose forty are found there. He answered, For the sake of forty, I will not do it. Then he said, Oh, let not the Lord be angry, and I will speak. Suppose 30 are found there. He answered, I will not do it if I find 30 there. He said, Behold, I have undertaken to speak to the Lord. Suppose 20 are found there. He answered, For the sake of 20, I will not destroy it. 
Then he said, Oh, let not the Lord be angry, and I will speak again but this once. Suppose ten are found there. He answered, For the sake of ten, I will not destroy it. And the Lord went his way when he had finished speaking to Abraham, and Abraham returned to his place. Sends our reading of God's word. Well, there's plenty to consider in this text, and uh, we don't have that long, but uh, there are uh, a few things I'd like to reflect on uh, with you. Uh, thinking first about verses 16 through 21, the first, or the, I guess if you think about the first uh, two section, main sections of this text that's before us, uh, here uh, we learn at the outset that uh, God is going to let Abraham in on something that he's about to do. Uh, he puts it in these terms, shall I hide something from Abraham? And the, and the answer is no, he's not going to. He is going to reveal something to Abraham, uh, something hidden, uh, some plans that he has. And we wonder why. Why is God going to uh, make known to Abraham something that he's clearly not going to make known to other people? And in the answer that follows, uh, in verses 18 and 19, uh, it becomes clear that this has something to do with the covenant promises that uh, God has made to Abraham. It's not, there's no coincidence that this is Abraham. God has entered into covenant with Abraham. We've learned about that in uh, some previous uh, texts uh, in Genesis. And uh, here in these verses, we read about some of the purposes that God has for Abraham and his descendants. He's entered this covenant for some particular reasons, and God uh, speaks of these here in these verses as he explains why he is going to make some things known to Abraham now. Now, there are some commentators, uh, 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 some people reflect, writers reflecting on this text who have suggested that God is uh, training his covenant partner. This is part of God's education of Abraham uh, as the one with whom he's made a covenant. And there's probably something to this. One of the things that we see here in verses 18 and 19 is that God uh, chose Abraham that he might command his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing righteousness and justice. So God has entered into this covenant uh, for one reason, not the only reason, but for one reason is that Abraham and his descendants might learn the ways of the Lord, that they might learn righteousness and justice. And it seems here that God is going to reveal to Abraham what he's going to do as part of this training in the way of the Lord, specifically in the ways of righteousness and justice. Now we think about that for a moment, and it seems well, we can understand uh, how these things might go together. I mean, what is God about to do? God is about to display his righteousness and his justice in an incredibly powerful, visible, awe-inspiring way. Right? He is going to, as we read uh, in verses 20 and 21, God is going to go down and see how things are at Sodom and Gomorrah and to see if the rumors that he has heard are accurate and as you all probably know, in the very next story in Genesis 19, we read that God uh, destroys uh, the, uh, Sodom and three other neighboring cities. And so God is going to display his righteousness and justice, 
And this is part of what Abraham needs uh, to learn. Now, I just want to reflect on a, a couple of things here, uh, a couple of interesting uh, things I think emerge from these op- the opening verses. I mean, for, for one thing, uh, you might reflect for a moment on what may be a little bit uncomfortable to read at first. When God says that he is going to go down to see what's going on in Sodom and Gomorrah and to learn if like this, you know, what he's heard is true. I mean, it doesn't really sound like God in a way, does it? I mean, it's almost as if God's been somewhere else and, you know, someone's reported something to him that he doesn't even know. And so he's got to go and go there and check it out to see if it's the case. Um, Why would an omniscient, omnipotent God, why would he need to, to do this? But you see here that this anthropomorphic language is a way of teaching us about God's righteousness and justice. The scriptures are filled with this anthropomorphic imagery that we know we can't take literally. Um, You know, God is portrayed as, you know, riding the clouds as if they're his chariot, and God stretches out his arm, and God puts his hands in the folds of his pocket. You know, we, we don't take all these things literally as we don't take this literally But all of these things are ways to communicate something about who God is. And one of the things that we learn about God is that he is a God who is going to do justice because he is a God who is going to act according to truth, according to what is the case, what is really the case. He's not a God who judges according to rumor or reputation. No, you see this image, this is an imagery of, of, of a judge who is going to get the facts. He's going to find out whether it's true, and he's not going to act against Sodom if the things, the outcry that has gone up is not, in fact, the case. So we learn something about God's righteousness and justice just in this very anthropomorphic imagery. We also might reflect on why why does Abraham need to learn about righteousness and justice? Uh, And, well, I mean, these things are useful in many respects, uh, of course, but it may be worth our thinking for a moment about the fact that this judgment that is coming against Sodom and Gomorrah is a great foretaste of the final judgment. Right? And there, there are a handful of events in the Old Testament that provide these kind of monumental anticipations of the judgment of the last day. A short list would probably be the flood, the great flood of Noah's day, uh, the destruction of Jerusalem, under the Babylonians, and this event, uh, the judgment of Sodom and Gomorrah. Think how often the New Testament draws on the imagery of Sodom. Not just the New Testament, but later in the Old Testament. Draws on this imagery to describe the great judgment of the last day. And you know, in 1 Corinthians 6, verse 2, Paul says that we, the saints, are going to judge the world on the last day. We are going to join God's judgment of the world and he doesn't give us a lot of details on what that is going to entail. But what a remarkable thing that God will in some way involve us, his sinful people, uh, in judging the world on that last day. Surely we are a people who need to be trained in righteousness and justice if we are going to participate in that great judgment. And so here, as God is about to offer this foretaste of final judgment, it makes sense that he would be training his covenant partner 
in the ways of righteousness and justice. Well, let's go on to the second part of this text, beginning in verse 22. Now, you can almost see the wheels turning inside Abraham's head, can't you, as he hears these initial words from the Lord. Now, Abraham's been living in this region, maybe a little bit on and off, but living in this region uh, for a long time. Abraham knows what Sodom is like. Um, his, you know, his nephew Lot went there, and we know that the king of Sodom tried to enter into some close relationship with him in Genesis 14, and Abraham said, no, not really interested in that. He knows the character of Sodom, and it's almost as if Abraham is thinking to himself, God's going down to check out Sodom? I think I know how this is going to turn out. But Abraham also knows that there may be some reasons that um, he may want to stand up for this city. And so we see this very, very remarkable dialogue between God and Abraham in the verses that follow. First, uh, just uh, the first uh, observation I want to make about this text is, or about this dialogue is, do you notice that Abraham's, Abraham's words here are kind of ad hoc? They're kind of unprincipled. And what I mean by that is that Abraham doesn't exactly have a completely coherent, logical line of argumentation with God. It's almost as if he's just trying to grab whatever he can think of as a way to kind of stave off this judgment that he sees is going to be happening if God is going to do what he has said he's going to do. You know, the first thing that he says uh, in verse 22, will you indeed sweep away the righteous with the wicked? So that's basically, it's kind of a straightforward appeal to God's justice, isn't it? God, you are not a God who deals with the righteous as you deal with the wicked. If you are just, you are not going to treat the righteous and the wicked in the same way. So you see that that line. But then Abraham immediately also pursues this other line of thought, which is, will you spare the city, the whole city, for the sake of a certain number of righteous people that are in it. You see, that's a different kind of argument, isn't it? A different kind of appeal. That's not a straightforward appeal to justice. Basically, Abraham is saying here, will you please deal with the wicked as you deal with the righteous? Which is sort of kind of the reverse of what he was asking before. First he says, don't treat the righteous as you treat the wicked. And now he's saying, will you please treat the wicked as you treat the righteous? This is not a straightforward appeal to justice. So in this, right in the same line of, uh, of reasoning here, or lack of reasoning perhaps, Abraham is just appealing to different kinds of things, trying, it seems, to get uh, God's, God to, to, to turn his course of action. It may also be a little unprincipled. Do you notice that Abraham just appeals to the city? God didn't just say he was going down to check out a city. More than one city he's going to check out. Which makes you wonder, you know, maybe Abraham is just concerned about Lot, right? And Lot's in Sodom. And maybe Abraham kind of holds himself out as the great champion of justice here, but it may not be quite that principled. Now, another thing to note here, we can note this pretty briefly, I think, is there's something a little cheeky about Abraham's line of dialogue, isn't it? I, some international students here 
you may not know what cheeky means, and I'm, it's hard, hard to know exactly how to put it. Brazen. Uh, if you know Yiddish, you know, chutzpah. Uh, it is, uh, he's very forward. In other words, it's sort of like, you know, going up to President Kim after chapel and like, you know, slapping him on the back and calling him by his first name and acting like he's your college buddy. You know, you don't do that sort of thing. I, I, I highly don't recommend that. Right. That's that's cheeky. Right. That is uh, it's uh, it's uh, you need to stay in your own lane. Right. Abraham is not exactly staying in his own lane here. He's cheeky and he knows it. He keeps saying to God, I, 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 I'm dust and ashes. I know I've been doing it, but he keeps doing it. Uh, he keeps asserting himself uh, before God. And it's not just that he keeps being this presumptuous and making this request. But, I mean, how cheeky is this? I mean, God has just said, I have, I have chosen Abraham. God has taken the sovereign initiative, and he's going to train him in the ways of righteousness and justice. And Abraham has, has the... Okay, what's the right word here? He has the gall. Thank you. Abraham has the gall to say... Will not the judge of all the earth do what is right? As if Abraham is the one to instruct God on what is just. Abraham, uh, he's a little cheeky here. And, well, I need to wrap this up. So as we think about uh, what happens in the end, what did God do with Abraham's requests and suggestions? He certainly he didn't follow Abraham's second line of request, did he? that he would spare the city for the sake of the righteous in it. Now, God said he would do that. But it's clear that there aren't even ten righteous people uh, in Sodom. And so that line of reasoning or that, uh, that strategy from Abraham obviously didn't work. But did he follow Abraham's first suggestion? Will you sweep away the righteous with the wicked? We might be tempted at first to say, oh, Yes, God was following that because God did distinguish Lot from uh, the rest of the people uh, of those cities. But it's not exactly clear that that's the way God was thinking when he spared Lot. Do you remember if we, if we would read ahead in Genesis 19, you might remember what we read in verse uh, uh, 19, verse 16. Uh, eight, Lot was lingering in the city of Sodom and it said that the Lord was merciful to him. doesn't say that the Lord dealt justly with Lot and separated him from this wicked city. Oh, the Lord was merciful to Lot. And why was he merciful to Lot? Well, perhaps you may remember what it says uh, some verses later, uh, chapter 19, verse 29, when uh, God destroyed the cities of the valley, God remembered Abraham. He remembered Abraham and had mercy on Lot. You know, Lot is a kind of, if we had a little more time, it'd be interesting. Lot's a kind of a, he's a mixed character. He was different from the people, other people of, of Sodom. That's very clear. Second Peter 2 calls him a righteous man who was grieved by the things of that city. And yet I don't think I need to give you a list of all the things that Lot did that are not exactly models of Christian behavior. Lot was a mixed character. Lot was not unambiguously a righteous man. 
God rescued Lot from this foretaste of final judgment because he associated him with Abraham and thus had mercy upon him. You see, Abraham and his house had to learn the ways of righteousness and justice. But not only the kind of righteousness and justice that destroys the wicked city of Sodom, and that is going to bring judgment against the wicked on the last day. God's covenant partner also has to learn the ways of righteousness and justice that are mixed with mercy and that have to do with those covenant promises, the promises that Abraham believed and thus he was righteousness was credited to him. There is a complex and a beautiful righteousness and justice that Abraham and all of us have to learn. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this uh, text. Uh, we thank you, O Lord, that you are righteous and just, and that we, your covenant people, are called to righteousness and justice as we live in fellowship with you and as we uh, look forward to that uh, coming great and coming day. Lord, we thank you that you are merciful with your people, uh, that you will not sweep us away with the wicked in your judgment. And we know that ultimately it is not uh, on the basis of our own righteousness, but it is because of your mercy in the promises that you've made to Abraham that we stand before you. Father, uh, we praise you uh, for your greatness and your grace to us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Copyright Westminster Seminary, California. 2019. All rights reserved. You are permitted to reproduce and distribute this material in any format, provided that you do not alter the wording in any way and do not charge a fee beyond the cost of reproduction. For web posting, a link to this document on our website is preferred.